How did things go so incredibly wrong? Think about it. Those disciples that day were likely disturbed and beyond confused whenever they saw what had happened. For years they had followed Jesus around and he had done all sorts of tremendous things. That for many years he had spent time teaching and preaching in the synagogues and in the temple area. That he was going about and he was telling about God's command and God's law and even God's love at times. And that he was even contradicting the Pharisees and the scribes, something that the disciples themselves found themselves powerless to do. And yet Jesus was there each and every time. He was continuing to further that teaching and further their understanding and break open the scriptures so that they could understand with greater depth. And what's more, look at all of the incredible things that he had done. Because he was going around, he was opening the eyes of the blind, opening the ears of those who could not hear, that he was giving those who could not walk the ability to move, that he was giving all of these different things, and he was even performing these works where he was driving out demons, and then there were the miracles, how he was able to feed thousands off of just a few mere loaves of bread. And so they've seen all of these miracles and all of these different things. And what's more, that Sunday they had seen the pomp and circumstance of that Palm Sunday, that grand entry into Jerusalem. They had seen how the Lord Jesus was mounting a donkey, how he had ridden through, and the people were shouting, Hosanna in the highest. And they recognized Jesus as king. And a few days later, things completely change. Why? Why is this a moment of defeat? Why does it look so bleak? What must have the disciples felt that day when they looked upon their Lord on the cross? Did they feel utterly defeated? Or was there more to the story? If we look back at the prophet Isaiah that we heard from for the first reading, we're reminded of that reality of what Isaiah prophesied about, how he told about how the Lord was going to come and he was going to send his servant, that he was going to be exalted over all, and yet there was going to be a catch in a sort of paradox. Because in fact, that servant was going to be exalted, but he was ultimately going to be crushed, that he was going to bear infirmity, that he was going to look that he was stricken and even afflicted by God, and even cast to the side. Perhaps God's not even listening to his prayers any longer. But there's an important point. Because even as much as he might look as if he's humbled or even cast to the side, as much as he was taking on affliction, as much as he was taking on suffering, the beating, the bruising, the spitting upon, and even death by the most humiliating death possible at the time, death on a cross by a crucifixion, nonetheless, there's an important point that the Lord is trying to accomplish something. That in fact, by the very crucifixion itself, that we see that he is working to forgive sin. He's working to remove and alleviate that reality of sin that has come into humanity and has existed from the very first time of the very first parents that we had in Adam and Eve, how they fell and how sin was a constant reality ever since. That this indeed is a remedy, but it's a painful one. Or we even look to the letter to the Hebrews. And the author there of that letter reminds us of the fact that we are given in Christ Jesus, a high priest, one that is not unfamiliar with our situation, one that took upon himself our humanity, that he took upon himself our afflictions, all the things that make us who we are. That in fact, he took all of those things on himself and he showed us that he is not unrelated to our condition. That he's not afraid to enter into our suffering and our reality. That he's not unwilling to take all those things upon himself because he knows that we cannot bear them on our own. 
And in fact, he knows the wage of sin. He knows that that merits death. But in fact, he wants to take that death upon himself. And in fact, because of that, if we choose to live by God's grace, then we're given that chance of eternal salvation. Because, my brothers and sisters, this day is a somber one. This day we reflect on the most sorrowful of the great mysteries within our faith. The fact that Jesus Christ came, he walked this earth for 33 short years, and then eventually came to the screaming climax where he dies upon the cross. A symbol that would seem to be of defeat. But is it defeat? Because, in fact, if we realize what the Lord is saying, and even what the disciples might have forgotten that day, what the Scriptures told them, though they might not have realized it at the time, that the Lord was coming to instill hope upon His people. If you realize the reality of what this makes us concentrate on, the first thing that it is telling us that we should focus upon is our own sinfulness, our own inability to pay back what we have broken, the ways that we have scorned God or put him to the side, the ways that we have caused Christ Jesus himself pain. And indeed, that's a reality. Then, in fact, that causes us sorrow that if we are truly stricken by the weight of our sin, that that will crush us by the weight of that sin and by the weight of the sorrow we have. But that's not ultimately the sorrow that we have. That yes, we struggle with sin, we struggle with weakness, that if we were left to our own devices, we could never pay back that debt. But in fact, today's sorrow is seeing that Christ Jesus was the one who is willing to pay for that debt. And indeed, we recognize that fact, that if we were the only one who had the misfortune of sinning, if we alone, just one of us, had sinned, that Jesus Christ himself would have seen it as enough to merit that fact that he would come back and he would suffer that same death again. That he's not just suffering it for us corporately, but he wants to show us the individual love that he has for each and every one of our souls. And not just us in this church this evening, but even our brothers and sisters, even those that we might doubt deserve any of that love. That Jesus Christ also died for them. And indeed, this is a powerful moment. It's one that fills us with sorrow, but it fills us with hope as well. And that's also where we see the letter of the, that letter to the Hebrews coming into play as well. Because we're reminded of that fact that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is a high priest, yes, and that he is God, but he is one that is not unfamiliar with our human nature. And in fact, that shows us something important. Because in our lives and in our day, we often suffer in so many different ways. That we can suffer, we can endure hardship, we can have all sorts of things that go wrong in our own day, in our own time. But we are not given a sort of way to go on our own. But in fact, our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the cross and through his own carrying of the cross, shows us that he is there with us even in the midst of our affliction. So great is his love for us. That he doesn't just come to die on the cross and then kind of say, see what I have done for you. But even in the midst of our afflictions, even in those things that we might have even brought upon ourselves, the Lord is still there and he's carrying his cross and he wants to carry each of ours as well. Because, my brothers and sisters, we might reflect this evening on what we think went wrong, how the Lord had suffered and died, and even the disciples, how they might have felt that they were just thrown into utter chaos and confusion, that everything had indeed seemed as if it had gone completely astray from God's plan. And yet we know out of the abundance of God's love and God's providence for each of us, perhaps things were going quite right. 
Because, my brothers and sisters, as we celebrate the fact that our Lord died upon the cross, how he endured that painful passion and then all of that suffering and death, that ultimately he did that for love of each and every one of us, and even our brothers and sisters who desperately need that, even those that might not quite know him just yet. Perhaps things haven't gone wrong at all. Perhaps things are going quite right. Right. 